This is a Socialist News and Views special interview. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special interview. I wanted a chance to talk about the intersection between militarism, between military spending and the climate crisis, and I saw a blog post on the Veterans for Peace, Chapter 27, local chapter here in the Twin Cities that said veterans arrested at protest condemning U.S. military role in the climate crisis. So I reached out to the chapter president, Dave, uh, to talk a little bit more about that. And let's go to the interview. We talk about uh, militarism and the climate. We talk about the situation in Ukraine, a little bit about Cuba, and a little bit about Mayday Books. Here's the interview. On Socialist News and Views, we let folks introduce themselves. So tell us who you are. All right. I'm uh, Dave Logsdon. I'm the current president of the, uh, of the Twin Cities chapter of uh, Veterans for Peace. And uh, I, uh, I'm a working class guy. My dad was a union guy. I uh, drove a produce truck for Bergen Fruit and Produce uh, uh, here in the Twin Cities for 26 years. I'm a retired teamster. So after I retired at the, at the turn of the century, we can say that now, mm. uh, at the turn of the century, uh, uh, I was, was in a position where I could devote more time to things that, uh, that really mattered to me. So um, it was right at the, the ramp up to the Iraq war after 9-11. And uh, I was, I've always had anti-war sentiments and I was a veteran so I got more involved with Veterans for Peace uh, and as I got involved with Veterans for Peace I I, I went hook, line, and sinker and now I'm, I'm uh, president for life. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah I really appreciate that. Um, you know Vets for Peace has done a lot of good work and um, you know yeah I was just reading a blog post from you guys from the local chapter the other day uh, about veterans getting arrested protesting the military role in climate change. Yep. Can you talk about the military's role in climate change and also about that action a little bit? Yeah, it, it, it's uh, one way, uh, aspect of it. The, um, the, we got like over 800 bases around the globe, and most of these bases turn out to be um, toxic uh, Toxic sites, if, uh, if invariably, and uh, just that alone. But just thinking about all the fuel and money it takes to maintain these bases, and um, so that's just one aspect right there. How much money that is spent on the military? Uh, and we have eight hundred bases. Uh, no other country, including Russia, has a military base on a foreign in a foreign soil. Not one. And we have 800. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you about the empire's reach here, the, uh, the U.S. empire? So uh, the, that just just fueling all that, those bases and, you know, sending personnel there and uh, fueling the, all the equipment. 
with them. Uh, I think we ranked the U.S. military alone ranked like fourth or fifth in the world in terms of use of fossil fuels. So it's it's an incredible, in my opinion, uh, waste of money. And that's the other aspect of of the of the climate change thing is that you're contributing to uh, one end to the to the uh, fossil fuels and the uh, global warming. And on the other hand, we're taking money that could be used to develop green energy and putting it into missiles and, and things like depleted uranium. Now, depleted uranium is this coating that we put on, on armament that they used in Iraq and Afghanistan that it's more uh, armor-piercing. It gives it harder, a harder tip to it. But that depleted uranium has a half-life of, life of you know, 10 million years. And that shit's all, I'm sorry, that stuff is all over, all over Iraq and, and uh, Afghanistan. And, there, and the people now that we, the people, by the way, that we liberated, I having to deal with uh, birth defects and all kinds of things from this thing that's just polluted their, their country all over the place. So anyway, that's just a, a, a tip of the iceberg. But the main thing to me is that, um, it's, it's a two-edged sword. You, you spend more money on, on these bases, it creates more fossil fuel, and then on the other hand, we have less money to spend on on domestic things. And one of the things is we can spend that money, we spend all that money we're spending on these bases and that military budget and put it into uh, green, green energy research and development of, of, uh, of natural ways of, uh, of producing energy. We'd be so far ahead of the game here, you know. I don't know, but that's just me. It's not just me either. A lot of people do this way. Yeah. So, so yeah, this, this action, um, several U.S. veterans were arrested outside the nation's capital. Um, yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about that event at all? or? Yeah, I, uh, one of our... Our members of our local, uh, Josh uh, Ferris, didn't get arrested, but he was there in support. He's a substitute teacher, so he said he would jeopardize his job if he got arrested, so he, right. he didn't get arrested. But our, our executive director at National, uh, Garrett Repenhagen, who's a Iraq uh, veteran, a sniper in, in uh, Iraq, uh, he was arrested along with a couple other um, board members. Uh, and some other uh, members. I don't know. I don't know all the names, but uh, yeah, it's um, it, it's it's sometimes you have to do that to get attention, and that's what they have to do. That's absolutely true. That you know, the war in Ukraine has been a big issue lately. Um, has yeah. been obviously in the news as you know as it should be, and also on the blog it says essentially that you guys still see yourselves doing the same work. As an organization, you know, can you talk a little bit about Ukraine, how you guys view the situation, yeah. and what kind of what you're encouraging folks to do in response to that, or what you guys are doing in response? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, I, I'm very disappointed in the unanimity, uh, unanimous uh, voting, near, near unanimous voting on this issue in the House of Representatives and the Senate. Uh, we have uh, some of our, our people. Like uh, Ilhan, who I really love dearly, but she voted for this 
45 billion dollars throwing that into cyberspace as far as i'm concerned and uh and sending more weapons into a, a, a war-torn area not a bad not a good idea you know and, and this it's not going to solve anything what we need to do is use our own our influence and 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 try to negotiate and negotiate a settlement and end this war because it's a proxy war so my proxy war means that um we're fighting Russia without using U.S. troops, but with plenty of U.S. arms, and the Ukrainians are in, in the middle of all things, and so they're 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 doing all the sacrifices, and we're we're sitting here throwing money at it, and um, I, I just think that the uh, uh, and, and the other thing about that Ukrainian thing, this thing go our footprints are all over this this uh, with this. Uh, situation with NATO and increasing um, aggressiveness of NATO, the, uh, our involvement with the uh, coup uh, in 2014. Uh, it was a democratically elected uh, government. It wasn't a popular government, but yeah. we've had popular governments here, but we don't overthrow them and we don't accept people's uh, uh, help in overthrowing it from another country. And NATO has increasingly been aggressive towards Russia. You remember how Russia lost 20 million people in World War II. You think about 20 million people, uh, with U.S. Uh, sacrifice, it pales in comparison to what what the, uh, the Soviet Union ended up doing. So you remember that the, the NATO, when the Berlin Wall came down and uh, Gorbachev did the glasnost, uh, disbanded the Soviet Union. Well, when he did that, the agreement, a tacit agreement, not a, anything on paper, but the tacit agreement was, hey, don't worry, we'll unify Germany, but we, uh, we have no intention of NATO being encroaching on in the uh, former Soviet states. Well, they're two mile, we're two miles from the border of Russia right now. With NATO, so they, they kind of encroached a little bit. So uh, I just think that, uh, and we get a lot of grief from people. Oh, you're a Putin apologist? I'm, no, we're not. We condemn any uh, invasion of another country, but uh, the, the, uh, you're calling a Putin apologist because it's pointing out the fact that the U.S. template of interfering with other countries is all over this Ukraine situation, as it is in South America, as it is in, in, in the uh, Asian uh, corridor, you know? So, you know, it's like, uh, just just follow the money, follow, uh, follow the, the activities of the CIA, and you'll find a lot, dig up and you'll find a lot of truth there. That's true, yeah. We And um, I know we've seen some folks here organize some events around um supporting anti-war activists both in ukraine and in russia um you know do you do you think we have a role to play as activists connecting with anti-war activists around the globe so that you know ukraine russia but also in europe and how do we do that is that something vets for peace does it's 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 tricky because now there are anti-war groups in in russia and and uh best we can do is support them as best we can which means you know, <laughs> you know, as, as far as your uh, the power and reach of your organization goes, 
uh, it may not be much, but uh, this is something that, um, yeah, we we totally um, have compassion and and uh, will support people that are anti-war people. Um, we're, there's a woman now who is an anti-war activist in Russia and is seeking to get out of Russia, and it needs a uh, she needs a uh, sponsor. And I have one of our members brought it up, and 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 we'd like to work to see if we can uh, become a sponsor for this person to get her out of there. So there are ways of doing, but like you say, there's just um, there's just so much uh, you can do as uh, even uh, with a group, uh, a large group. Like we're not, we're just a small group. We we do we do amplify our voices very well, but uh, we're still relatively small in, in numbers and influence. Yeah, you guys, yeah, I guess I don't know how big you are exactly, but I see your flag at all kinds of events. So, you know, like yeah. you said, amplifying yeah. your voice is really good. So just to be to be clear, you guys are not uh, Putin apologists or anything like that. What you want no. is the same thing you've been wanting uh, yeah. for ages, an end to war and to not yeah. use violent means, but to use diplomacy, if anything, to, you know, settle these yeah, kinds and, of conflicts. Uh, not apologizing for Putin, but it, uh, but demonizing Putin as an evil, evil person uh, doesn't help in the process of negotiation. That's true. <laughs> if I if I'm negotiating with you about something, and I say first, I want to say first of all, you're a bleeping idiot. Then you know uh, it kind of puts the negotiation process behind the eight ball. You know. No, it's true. And it's gotten real personal. It's gotten, you know, the, the, the things that they're saying are really counterproductive to really getting anything done, you know. Right. It sounds like in the run-up to the whole uh, invasion, you know, most most European leaders weren't even willing to engage uh, in negotiations. It sounds because there's yeah. a new movie that came out, Sarkozy. Yeah. Nicolas Sarkozy was the only person who was actually really communicating in a, as yeah. far as leaders yeah. go, in a meaningful manner with... Putin in the run-up trying to avert the invasion. The fact of the matter is NATO is is just a, a stalking horse for the, the CIA and, and our government. You know, we just, uh, NATO's not going to go against us too, too often because uh, they know where the where the, uh, the power comes from. And it's our military, you know. So we have military bases in England, France, Italy, you know, Jesus, Germany. Yep, it's crazy. I mean, just think about that. Just think of think about this. Think of if England said, you know, uh, we're having problems with Canada. They're they're being uh, talking about leaving the Commonwealth, or and uh, we we want to build a military base in in Maine. And <laughs> what do you think the U.S. reaction would be to that? Right. <laughs> You know, it, it's you know, it, it, we, we, it's American exceptionalism. American exceptionalism means international law and international protocol uh, pertain to everybody else except us. That's our exceptionalism right there. You know, we we don't have to abide by the rules. It means it's, it's like it's like street, uh, it's like uh, schoolyard uh, politics, right? Mm. The guy with the big big guy with the big stick. He doesn't go by the same rules as everybody else, you know, so. Yep. I, <laughs> that's what we are. We have the big stick. I hear you, and I uh, I appreciate you speaking with me. And, you know, is there anything yeah. else that you want to share about 
any of these situations about the military in general or current situation? Oh, yeah, yeah, I would like to say this is a socialist blog. Is that uh, uh, I wanted? I would like to say something about Cuba. Uh, I was just there right before the pandemic, and uh, this is, they're amazing, amazingly resourceful people. We've had to hammer down on them for no apparent reason. I mean, are, is Cuba set to invade the United States? No. And, there's no apparent reason when Russia left Cuba, there was absolutely no reason for us not to normalize relationships with them like any other country. But because they're a socialist country or a communist country, although if you go there, there's a disparity of income. It's, it's a socialist country more than a communist country if you, if you can decipher the difference. But, but we, don't, we don't want to see these socialist countries succeed because uh, then people get get the notion in their head that well we don't, the capitalist model may not be what we want to have in our country and then some other countries that well, let's let's do this and empower people a little bit more and uh, put put corporations in their rightful place you know uh, and I think most people are saying you know mind corporations making some money but look at the disparity of income now it's it's absurd. It's true. It's true. Yeah, Cuba's not trying to invade us, and they're not trying to put a uh, a base on the U.S. border with Mexico or the U.S. border with Canada or anything like that. Not that they'd be able to, but you know. Yeah, but it, it's just it's just a it's just a mean spirited bullshit. You know, I mean. That's true. I mean, come on now. It's just you know, give the, give them a break. Stop the embargo. Have normalized trade relationships, and you know what. Well, uh, uh, Cuba, we have a we have a wonderful situation there, you know. So, but no, that's not the way it's going to happen. They're not going down. And I thought maybe when Obama came in, he did semi-normalized relationships, and and the people down there, you can't say anything bad about Obama because they really they really enjoyed a, a spike in their their standard of living. And then Trump came along, of course, and put the kibosh on it, and then. And and Sleepy Joe is, uh, who knows? He knows what he had for breakfast. So you know he doesn't. Uh, you can't mm-hmm. can't expect anything out of him. You know. Yep, I'd love to see you know more uh, uh, positive global relations, and uh, you know, no more violence and killing and destroying the planet, as I imagine you would like to see as well. Absolutely, we're on the same page there, you know. And uh, uh, Craig down at uh, uh, Craig Palmer down at Mayday Books, and you know Craig, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, he said, "Well, why did you come and join the, 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 the socialists?" And I said, well, "I said, Craig, I'm a I'm a small s socialist. I, that's my mo- modus operandi. That's how I I live my life. But I'm not a member of a socialist group." <laughs> So that's how we ended. But but uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, Mayday Books is a is a wonderful place for uh, uh, keeping the uh, the socialist uh, dialogue going in the Twin Cities. And Absolutely, we can keep it going. I'm actually keep, I'm working on something. Done. I'm working on a on an episode about Mayday Books too, or I'm trying to work on oh, one. So yeah, and you know, Craig, the, the the problem is is that. Something happens to Craig, then it's going to be tough. Maybe mm. Craig's the one that keeps the, keeps that baby going. You know, he's mm. the backbone. Mm. So we're, we got to keep him alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, I appreciate you chatting with me today. Yeah, no, it's good, and, and thanks a lot. This has been a Socialist News and Views special interview.